Welcome to the Power Hour. I'm Adrienne Herbert, wellness coach, international speaker and author. Each week I speak to a variety of guests from business founders to Olympic athletes, leading coaches, changemakers and innovators to find out their daily habits, their rules to live by and what motivates them to get up out of bed each day. Personally, I am on a mission to encourage, motivate and inspire. So I hope that the Power Hour will help you to achieve your personal and professional goals. Welcome back to the Power Hour podcast. Today, I'm joined by a professional dancer and star of Strictly Come Dancing who wants to encourage us all to discover joyful movement. Welcome to the podcast, Diane Buswell. Hello, thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's going to be great. I mean, I'm already feeling energized. I'm already feeling ready to move. And I feel like as someone who you have so much energy and you're so vibrant, and I think many people listening will know you from Strictly Come Dancing, but they might not know much about you and your life before Strictly. So I'd love to start with that. I'd love to kind of take us back. And if you could tell us, when did you first start dancing? Absolutely. So I um, started dancing at the age of, it was about four and a half. I actually don't remember exactly the moment that I started. Like it's all a bit vague. I've got videos of it, which is why I feel like that's why I remember it. Um, but I was I was really young, like before kind of your memory properly kicks in. Um, and I did my first like exam at four and a half and and obviously did well because I passed it but don't remember that um and then I just obviously loved it so much that I just kept going and dancing sort of soon became my my life and my absolute passion um my brother was a dancer as well which is sort of the reason why I got into it in the first place I used to go watch him when he was practicing and yeah, mum said I was so keen on, on doing it myself that that's why she put me into it. And yeah, um, skip now to however many years later and I'm a professional dancer dancing on one of the biggest TV shows in the UK, which is um, absolutely crazy. But I mean, I went through a touring show prior to Strictly. I went through loads of dance competitions. So yeah, growing up was was very much competition after competition, show after show, um, until I obviously landed this amazing role of becoming a Strictly professional. Yeah. And I mean, hearing that, because I, some of the listeners on this show will probably know that I also used to be a professional dancer many, many years. Yes. Many, many years ago, but in musical theatre. So I did musicals in the West End. So I know the kind of life and the, you know, the the daily life of a dancer very well. However, I was definitely one of those late, um, I came to dancing quite late, which sounds strange to say late when I was actually 11 years old, but compared to someone like yourself, four and a half, you know, when you were so, so young and you've described, you know, how much you loved it how did you I guess like going into competitions and you know obviously at such a young age if you're maybe six seven eight nine those years when I don't know you might be missing out on things that you know other kids are doing like going to birthday parties or you know you've got so much practice and rehearsals and competition and yeah I guess who like supported you through that and were you always encouraged to pursue dance as a profession even at that age or did you think it was just going to be a hobby I I definitely drove myself to to dance. Like I have parents who my dad sort of only really came to watch like the bigger competitions I did. And 
he was more of like, because I have two brothers, one that dances and another one that um, played football. So my dad was always the football side of things. He would be going with my, my other brother to football and my mum would take me and my oldest brother to like dance competitions and all that kind of thing. So it was very much sort of split split that way. So dad didn't really, he was always like, oh, you're so good, love. Like, well done. Like, <laughs> very, you know, cliche about it all. Um, and my mum, she was just our like massive support system. Like she never, ever, she wasn't like a dance mum in terms of like, you have to do this. She worked a lot in order to pay for our lessons and all that kind of stuff, but it never, she never put pressure on us to, to ever keep doing it. She was always like, if you do fall out of love with it, it's fine. Like you don't have to do this. And I don't know, maybe that was a reason why I always kept doing it. Cause I, I did love it. And I felt there was no pressure to mm. have to be good for my mum or like I wasn't living my mum's dream or anything like that. It was just purely something that I loved doing. And in terms of like missing out on things at school, I did try to juggle so much as a young kid. Like mm. I remember I always wanted to be a part of the netball team. And they said to me, they were they were really accommodating. They were like, we know you have dance practice almost every day, so you don't have to come to training. But then when you can come to a game, we'll, we'll let you have a go. So <laughs> I, um, I used to sort of try and juggle the two, and it was really quite nice, actually. And parties and birthday parties, things like that, yeah, I did miss out on it. But I felt like I was also doing things that other kids weren't doing, like going to dance lessons and going up to the city because I grew up in a small country town so my competitions were always up in the city and I was like kind of going to the city more than other kids and stuff like that so I didn't see it more as like not being able to do stuff I kind of saw it the opposite way of like oh this is so cool look what I get to do so Mm. um yeah I didn't didn't feel that that kind of pressure or missing out yeah and because uh, I've spoken to quite a lot of athletes on this podcast as well and so for many of them you know they'll describe you know training in the pool or training at the track throughout you know day after day uh, throughout their childhood and throughout school and so I also wanted to loop back to this idea of competition and and confidence really because obviously dance is a performance so you have to have an element of confidence to be able to go on stage and perform but then also that competition element I think it's I, I personally think it comes down to like personality some people kind of thrive in that moment of competition and it encourages them to do their best when it matters the most whereas others will find you know that they might be really talented in some area but as soon as the spotlight is on them or as soon as it's a competition the nerves get the better of them and that can be quite debilitating for their performance so if you can remember obviously now you perform in front of millions but if you can remember throughout that journey was there anything that yeah like helped to build your confidence or did you were you one of those who as soon as the spotlight was on you that's when you kind of came to life yeah I was always I'm I would class myself as more a performer rather than a competitor so which which did help me actually in in many ways because I saw a competition as a chance to perform for people and there was always a good crowd there and I loved in in a in a nutshell I loved showing off like what I'd been working on like it was a chance (laughs) for me to be like oh look I can actually dance look at this everyone and I had no fear whatsoever like I would I couldn't sleep the night before a competition not because I was nervous but because I was so excited to like get my dress on do my hair and makeup um like just the vibe of the competition get out there and perform for people and um 
actually as I got older is when I started to get more nervous about competition because it was um I guess I started to compare myself more with other people whereas when I was younger I never compared myself I just was like oh yeah I'm so good I like I love what I do I'm fearless I um I just went out there and and I gave like 150% of my personality probably to the point where people were like oh Diane there's technique involved in dancing remember that I was like, oh yeah I know but I just got carried away in the moment so for me it was yeah it was a different vibe competition was more a, a fun thing for me to do whereas now mm. I see competition like I don't think I would ever I love strictly competition of course it's very different but in terms of ballroom dance competitions that I used to do don't think I could ever go back and do them now I just don't see the joy in that anymore because it mm. for me it's it is so competitive and I don't think people are out there really to perform and enjoy themselves they're out there to win it um mm. So yeah, it's it's um, it's a weird one for me. It's super interesting, and we're definitely going to loop back to this. Uh, I think idea of you know how you feel when you're younger and about anything, and then how that can change as as we get older and become more yeah self aware. But you mentioned the word joy and saying you know it's it's joyful to to perform, and I really want to talk to you, I guess, about how movement and whether it's dance specific or just movement in general has impacted your own well-being and your own joy in your own life because again a topic that I talk about a lot on this show is well-being and well-being isn't just as we know physical and mental health it's so much more than that it's emotional it's spiritual it's it's community it's so many things so yeah how has movement impacted your well-being uh movement for me has been like the one thing that I think just keeps me going like I remember obviously I've danced all my life so I'm really lucky to have that you know that movement in my life daily but there was one point where I kind of stopped dancing for a bit and I soon realized like oh my goodness I need I need that movement in my life in order for me to, to feel good when I when I stopped my dancing I went what what am I gonna do like yeah sure I could go and do still some dance classes and stuff but it wasn't fulfilling me in the way I wanted it to so that's when I took up like yoga pilates and things like that and it completely changed me I was like ah this is like so beautiful it was not only like the movement in your body but it was really nice for your mind it was like it was like you said like spiritual it was it was really everything that I I loved and it made me feel so much better and I just realized at that point that like my body needs movement in order for me to to function and feel good um so yeah i would say movement for me is a really big important one i think it is a big one for many people like i see it all the time when i'm teaching on strictly i see someone come to me that might be an actor or a singer or something that doesn't really involve too much movement every day and when they start dancing, you know, every day with me, their mood and the way they see things at, like changes, like they mm -hmm. change as, as a person, they become so in love with moving their body in different ways. And it excites me because I'm like, oh, you're feeling the joy of this, which is for me, the number one. And I, I love it. when I see my someone I'm teaching smile and actually love what they're doing. 
it's beautiful for me to watch as well. So I feel like it is a big part of a lot of people's lives movement. We just don't mm. really know it yet. Exactly. It's not necessarily a part of everybody's life. And this, again, this word joy and joyful, I think there's so much doom and gloom in the world. There's so many things that can bring us down, bring our energy down, bring our mood down. So I think we all need the tools. We need to focus on things that are gonna uplift us, things that are gonna make us feel good, things that bring us a smile to our face and that we can be carefree and silly and like and laugh. And it doesn't matter if you get it wrong, you know, if you get the steps yeah. wrong or if you fall over, but like that I think is so, so important. I think so many people, their lives are so serious and mm -hmm. so heavy and every day there's you know things to do at a certain time in a certain way and we've got to yeah act and behave in like robots and i think actually the freedom element to be able to do things that are joyful with nothing else attached is so so important but i guess for people listening who maybe haven't had the experiences that we have so grown up moving their bodies going to dance class you know i used to do everything as well from dance to athletics to group sports i was always moving but i never thought of it as exercise it was just movement whereas now in the work that i do often people who don't enjoy exercise or movement they kind of put it in this box that's just not for them so they'll say well that's fine for people like you and diane you know you love exercise mm -hmm. you love to move but if they're not that kind of person right now what would your advice be to them in terms of just dipping their toe in the water or or, or trying to find some way to enjoy movement and exercise well that's um basically what like my whole whole book is about really it's it's you know you can it's for people who move their bodies every day, sure, but also people that, like you just said, they they automatically think you need to be fit to be able to do all this stuff. You need to have done this from a young age, and it's it's really not the case. It's really about finding what you love and and the joy in it. And I think it's it's such a privilege for us to move our bodies and we just need to it's a mindset thing as well like you said before people associate movement with oh, I have to go to the gym now and it, and it is you do that ugh, like you do the you don't really want to go but it's you don't necessarily have to go to the gym to, to move your body there are so many ways that you can just move your body and if you're just aware of it a bit more then you start to enjoy the benefits you start to enjoy and feel that your body is actually, you know, the um, endorphins that go through your body, the the mental clarity you have, like it changes so many things in your life and it starts to really make you feel the joy. And it only has to be 10, 15, 20 minutes a day to make that bit of a difference. But if you can make it a, a healthy habit, then that's sort of my, my aim is to, to get people to find the joy in moving their bodies in some way shape or form so that every day you go oh I want to move my body now like it's almost like it's about changing our sort of thought about moving your body as well yeah sure and let's talk more about the book so the book is titled move yourself happy and when did you I guess first get the idea for this why did you want to write this book so during um lockdown I actually started to run like classes um on my instagram and those classes i got so much feedback from people saying like i've i've not moved my body like this for for years and i feel so good and this has really helped me in lockdown like can can you keep doing them and i did i literally did classes almost every day and it really 
blew my mind at how I was helping people and the feedback really it made me feel good you know when when you know you're you can help someone else it, it's it's great for you know you in, in a selfish way because you feel like oh great I've done something for someone else um so that was initially like the idea where the idea sort of came from I was like oh I can actually help people here um and then it was quite a long process of um you know thinking how and like the, the sort of ethos of the book and all that kind of thing but yeah then we come up with a uh, idea of having like the 21 day plan of moving yourself to a happier healthier you and I love like health and fitness and and all that kind of thing so it was a no no brainer really but to have this book now it really is something I'm so proud of and I know it's going to help so many people and yeah it it um it really really excites me like even I had to read it all back to do the audio and I got like really emotional about it because I was like oh mm. I wish at you know a younger age that I had a book like this to read like um I found like it, when I was reading it back yeah that's that's one thing I was like wow I I feel really proud of it because I would love to read this and it like me as a younger mm. self so I think it was pretty cool pretty cool moment yeah it's a great feeling so yeah it must be a really great feeling to know that once you you know once it's out there in the world and and you just never know as well the impact that that can have and I think when people find something that they enjoy as well often they want to share that with others so they're like okay I'm gonna get you know my mum involved in this or my friends involved in this and that kind of ripple effect is really powerful as well yeah um, and we talked earlier on about, you know, we touched on this idea of, of confidence and of the kind of young, fearless, use the word fearless, which I love. And, you know, I can definitely relate to when you think about young kids at a party or a disco, you know, I've got kids and if you see them at the school disco, they absolutely love it. You know, they're, they're not self-conscious in any way. They run around, they jump to the music, they're so carefree, they literally run around till they're sweating. You're like, you need to just have a drink, sit down. Um, and they don't care about what they look like. You know, they just love it. But obviously something does change along the way. I don't know what age, but something changes and we become self-aware and we become self-conscious. And I think for so many people that can happen in so many areas of our lives, right? From what we wear to how we look, to how we style our hair, all of this. But I think dance, anything physical, it just feels so exposing, I think is one of the things that people just, I've heard so many people just say, oh my gosh, I can't dance. And they just, the idea of dancing in front of other people, just kind of no way. So yeah, if people have this idea that like, okay, I love what you're saying, Diane, and I feel like actually, yeah, moving, my body's going to be good for me and I want to kind of explore movement in a more fun way, but they're so nervous and embarrassed. How can they start to get over those nerves, get over the embarrassment to be able to enjoy the joy of dancing? Well, I think firstly, yeah, you're right. We do, we do definitely um, see ourselves in a different light as we get older. Um, but there's, there's no reason why, you know, if you do feel embarrassed, which a lot of people do, I mean, I teach, people that come to me and they are you would think the most confident person in the world they've performed in front of millions they've you know they're so successful and then they get to you and they start dancing and they feel so self-conscious mm. so it it definitely happens even to people that you wouldn't even imagine um but I always when when that happens I go right I'm just going to leave the room I'm going to shut the door and there's no one else in this room. It is just you. There's a bit of music. Just 
just enjoy just connect to the music and just be yourself because there is not a single soul in here that is going to judge you that's going to be looking at you and so i leave the room and i give them you know 20 30 minutes and i come back in and guarantee they're smiling and they're laughing and they're like sweating like you said so there's no reason why you can't just be like okay i'm going to just go and have a little moment by myself again it's it's a part of your self-care feel like you are you know a rock star in your own bedroom or wherever it may be but just lock yourself away and do it just for you because i feel like we should be doing more stuff just for us i know that every day you know you even if you go to the gym or something you're worried about people watching you and things like that then you do a home workout and it feels so different because you're like oh no one's watching me i can do that thing that i probably didn't do in the gym because i was scared someone was going to watch me and it is about just growing your confidence again and I think if you try it on your own in front of no one to gain the confidence, then you're going to slowly gain confidence to then be able to do it in front of other people. Um, Mm. But there's nothing wrong in closing a door and just doing it for yourself and feeling what that feels like. Because if you feel the, the benefits and what that felt like to be in that room dancing on your own, then it's just giving you that little bit more confidence to be able to do it in front of one person, two people, three people. So it is a slow and steady burner. You don't, you, you're not, you know, necessarily going to be able to go dance out in front of millions straight away. But if you can do little baby steps, there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing baby steps. Yeah, no, I agree. And I also think once you've maybe tried that at home, like you said, and kind of realized that actually it's not so bad, you know, it doesn't matter. I always encourage people as well to go to dance classes. And as much as at first, like I said, they might be like, Adrienne, are you mad? I can't dance. I always say to them, it really doesn't matter. Like if you go to a dance class and there's 40 people, 50 people, everyone's facing the same direction. Everyone's looking at the teacher. Everyone's looking like at the front of the mirror and everyone's focusing on themselves. Like they're trying to get the steps right. They're looking in the mirror at them themselves to see okay how am I doing this how am I looking no one's looking left no one's looking right no one's looking over their shoulder and I always say to people like nobody will care like just Mm. honestly until you go into that environment I felt describing like dancers as being like incredible narcissists but I'm basically like they're not looking at you they're looking at themselves yeah exactly it's um we just have in our head that people are constantly judging us and looking at us and really you're right it's not the case like no I um I actually speak to a lady who always tells me this this thing and I it always sticks by me. She's like, "Die, you're not that important." <laughs> and I quite like it because you are obviously to yourself, but to other people, th- their brain isn't focused on you. Like their brain is focused on them getting the step, not if you if you can't get it or not. So she always says that to me and it it does bring me back down to earth like, "Yeah, I'm not actually." So who cares if I do this wrong I'm not that important they're not gonna care yeah exactly and then you know we keep saying that dance is gonna make you feel good it's gonna make you feel good and like even just saying that it's gonna make you feel good I think going a level deeper than that and like trying to like connect the dots between I guess the physical movements or the exercise part and yeah what's happening there in terms of the physical health benefits of exercise of sweat of you know increasing your heart rate and how that's also linking I think with 
the element of creativity and music and kind of the mental and emotional benefits as well. So yeah, I'd love if you could kind of maybe again, if we're trying to convince people to give it a try or if they're already like, yeah, you know what? I used to dance and I used to love it and haven't done it for ages. What's going on there with the, the physical body and all the other stuff, which is which makes dance and, and expressing yourself. Why is the element of both together so powerful? Well, I think with dance, you're obviously, you're moving to like, a beat and a sound and beautiful music which instantly we all connect to a song don't we like you'll hear hear a song in the car and it will give you an emotion and or a memory or something like that so firstly you've you've got that you've got the beats and the sound and the music where emotionally you can really connect to it and it, it's it's a nice feeling that but secondly in dance you're using parts of your body that you've never probably thought you would use or you're, you haven't even been aware that that is a muscle or that is a part of your body. So I love the fact that you're so aware of your body, which is is such a nice thing to, to be able to listen to your body and be aware of what is going on is a game changer, I think. It's, it's so good mentally, physically, emotionally to understand our bodies. Because I think, you know, sometimes a lot of things happen to us because we don't understand our body and we're like, oh, I don't, I don't understand what's going on here. But so it's, it's understanding your body. And I think mm. dance does that very, very well. But yeah, endorphins are released. It, it is just something you feel like you're not really working out or you don't feel like it's, it's a, it's an exercise as such. It is more of something that you do and you enjoy and it's so it's, it's interesting that we're saying that you know it's this movement it doesn't feel like an exercise because oh my gosh you know you said about the muscles when mm. you see professional dancers and obviously they have muscles on muscles on muscles and when you do professional dance or even when you just train a lot you're so right you kind of find muscles where you didn't even know you had muscles and your whole body from head to toe just feels yeah kind of strong and and I think about you know when people want to improve even just if they want to improve their posture or they want to improve uh their balance like there's so many things that actually dance training you probably get all the benefits that you would typically associate with going to the gym doing you know core work doing leg day doing strength doing all these things because it's that ultimate combination of strength you know conditioning the muscle the cardio aspect of like i say raising your heart like there's so much that goes into dance that i think actually it's probably like one of the ultimate yeah it's like the ultimate conditioning for the body yeah i mean and also our mind as well like we we're thinking about choreography we're thinking about steps and timing and my my nan um she sadly passed away from alzheimer's many many years ago but one of the last things that she actually remembered was dance and mm. she could still remember she couldn't do really anything else but she could remember dance steps and it was like this crazy thing that just one thing she never ever forgot and it always made her smile nothing else made her smile towards the end apart mm. from when she would speak about dance and that's all she would really speak about so um i know that it, for your mind it is a really big thing as well so yeah, yeah not just physically but mentally as well yeah yeah there's a lot going on cognitively of course to remember the steps and also to be able to do 
different things at the same time. So silly mm. example, but do you remember at school when people would say, can you pat your head and rub your tummy at the same oh, time? Oh yeah, still like, do yeah, it now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if everyone is listening, it. if you try and do it, it's like, can you pat your head and rub a circle on your tummy? And doing those two, it's very funny when you ask kids to do it for the first time. But when you're trying to do these two different movements of, you know, moving in different planes of motion at the same time, it obviously does challenge your yeah cognitive function. And I can understand actually why in later age, if you've done dance, if you've done something physical that can connects the kind of left and right hemispheres of the brain actually yeah I think there's quite a lot of stats that support the idea that it helps uh, memory and helps longevity so there's so many good reasons so many good reasons for us to get moving and to get dancing ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me Kiki Palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'd love to talk to you now, Diane, about the Power Hour, because of course, this is the Power Hour podcast. So, and also we haven't even talked about the fact that Tyler, Tyler West, of course, your partner, he was on this podcast right before he started rehearsing with you. No way! Yes. And at that point, I don't know if he knew, I don't think he knew that you were going to be his partner. So when we had him on the show, we were talking about how he was preparing physically, mentally. And he was like, yeah, and you know, Tyler, he's so much energy. And he was like, yeah, you know, like I go to the gym and I'm, I'm fit and I'm strong. He was like but then we talked about this idea of you having to remember the steps and even though he you know has performed I guess live on the radio we were talking about you know how does he how does was he preparing to perform live under pressure and, and so it was amazing yeah. to kind of speak to him right at the start and then watch his journey and yeah. of course you two together I mean how was that working with Tyler oh my god he was absolutely amazing and you're right he's a bundle of energy and he was just, he was pure joy to work with. And he did mm. make my time on Strictly or his time, you know, I'm, I'm always on it. But, but for me, every year is, is different. And he really did make it such a joyful, again, there's that word joyful, but he really did make it a joyful experience. And I know that he had the best time and he absolutely oh, yeah. fell in love with dancing as I knew he would. Like he's, he's a, oh, I mean, he's got so much rhythm and, there's no stopping him now. I feel There's, like every yeah. every time I see it, like all he does now is dance. And actually, again, he yeah. talked on the show. He was joking. He's single, I think. He's still single. He joked about, he was like, at my wedding, he said, the wedding dance, the first dance is going to be amazing. I know. So, I'm yeah, going to have to teach him, teach him his wedding dance and I won't go easy on him. I'll be like, look, you made it to Blackpool. You need to do a good wedding <laughs> dance. <laughs> Absolutely. There is no stopping him now. There isn't. And I feel like dance will literally always be a part of his life. And he did say to me as well, he's like, he was worried that he was like, oh, I'm so happy now dancing. He's like, I don't ever want that to go. And I was like, it doesn't ever have to go. You can always dance now. You know, you've, you've, you've shown that you can dance. And, um, and he was, you know, for someone again, like you say, that had so much, you would never think he would be shy to dance in front of people. He still had that, that moment of like, oh my God, can I do this? Um, but obviously he did. He went out there and he absolutely he he did such a great job. But yeah, he's a, a great person, and I'm so glad you got him on. He's amazing. 
Oh yeah, he's great. In fact, I've known him for years, years and years and years. He used to have oh. a podcast back in the day, and I was a guest on his show. Right. So yeah, it's um, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. But anyways, we digress. We're gonna bring it back. <laughs> Honestly, I sound like a strictly super fan. I feel like um, <laughs> over the last over the last few years, I think because friends of mine have been on the show, and then my kids right. love it now. So yeah, yeah it's yeah. really become it's been, become a part of our of our life. Oh, so let's go back to the Power Hour because I'm sure people would love to know. Yes, the first hour of each day. I mean, mm. are you an early riser you strike me as someone with a lot of energy what's the first hour of your day typically like yeah I am an early riser I I love the morning and I <laughs> even like on tour um recently you were well just on tour I try and still stick to like my same sort of routine and there would only be like one other person in production who was always like oh here she is again Diane's down for breakfast <laughs> but no one else in the cast would ever be down like I wouldn't see anyone till at least after like 12 31 o'clock in the afternoon but yeah I'm I love mornings I love to wake up early and my first thing that I will do is I will um I have water on the side of my bed and I take um probiotic I take that with my like a big gallon of water there, um, which like instantly it's like I I always find because I do that it's like right I've started my like I've started my day like I've done yeah. one thing already that has started my day, so I do that, and then I will wake myself up, come downstairs, and one thing I love doing is just like listening to the birds. So I it's it's something I've done since I was actually like a little girl. I struggled a little bit when we lived in the city because I was like, it's not that many birds that I can hear. But we sort of live a little bit more countryside now, which I absolutely love. And, oh, there is nothing like it. Like, it makes me so happy just to hear birds in the morning. So I'll take a couple of minutes just to listen to the birds and then I make a coffee. And I, again, like in the morning, I feel like I'm, I have so many senses and like it's, the time where I feel the happiest like ever so yeah. like the smell of the coffee because I love coffee so much like when I'm making my coffee just the smell I'm like oh yeah it's morning I'm happy this is great I make my coffee and then again I'll sit and look outside while I have my coffee and I really try not to use my phone at this point just mm. so that I can just have a bit of time because I know I have really busy days just so that I can have a bit of time that is just purely just me, myself and I and my coffee. <laughs> so I do that and then um, then I kind of, I'm like, right, okay, I've done my little me moment. Um, then it's time to sort of start my, my day. So I'll then make breakfast and then look at what I have to do that day. So I'll check out my calendar and um, mm. plan for my day. But like I say, even if I'm super busy and I have to leave by like 6am or 7am which some days I do I will still set my alarm early enough to be able to do that little process because yeah. I love I love that process so much and it really does kickstart my day sounds like a beautiful start to the day I think so yeah. many people when you know I talk about obviously the benefits of creating space in the morning having one hour taking that time for yourself whether you're whether you whatever job you're doing whether you've got a busy day whether you've got kids you know and often people say 
gosh it's hard to you know find the time like everyone's time poor so this idea of taking a whole hour in the morning to go for a run or to read a book or to just as you described listen to the birds drinking your coffee enjoying like a slow entry into the day and really enjoying it because I think the difference from what you just described anyway sounds really intentional like you said I enjoy I love coffee so much and you're Mm. having that moment it's not rushed it's not like quick grab the coffee quick get in the car or get on the train and I think for so many people when I talk to them about you know, creating that time and, and having time to just enjoy and to relax. It does often feel like this really indulgent thing where people say, well, maybe at the weekend I could do that. But I think if you're fortunate enough to be able to do something for yourself first thing in the morning, even if it's not an hour, even if it's 30 minutes or 20 mm. minutes, it's so, so powerful and impactful for everything we've discussed today, mental health, physical health. And I think actually also when you described, you know, listening to the birds, having the coffee, like that's like, something that a lot of people would do on holiday so maybe they go on holiday it could be in the UK it could be abroad and in the morning they'll have this slow morning where they're like oh I'm just looking around I'm just drinking my coffee so relaxing and so I often say to people can you create that at home even if you can't do it every day maybe you just pick one day so every Wednesday or every Saturday or pick one day where that first hour do what you would do on holiday do you know what I mean do that kind of slow morning where you just take the time before you rush into everything else it's such a powerful thing for people to try yeah definitely and and I always say like people will say oh there's not really that much time but I do feel like you can create time whether it means you have to go to bed even 10 minutes earlier to wake up 10 minutes earlier you know it doesn't have to be like you say a full hour but you know you never know unless you try and um, it's become now because I've, I do it, you know, like I said, I listened to birds since I was a little girl. So it has become a habit and something that I, I genuinely love to do, which is probably why I'm still an early riser to this day because of that moment of like, oh, I just love the sound of the birds. And, you know, if you, if you leave it too late, the sound of the birds goes away. So <laughs> yeah, you miss them. Really, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just a really nice moment. Yeah, that's really, really beautiful. Okay, so I have some quick fire questions for you. Um, right. I'm, I often say this to people and then they end up being quite long and I'm also long-winded, so let's try our best to okay. stick to the quick fire, okay? Right. Okay, so first up is, what is your guilty pleasure? Oh, guilty pleasure is chocolate, hot chocolate, any any form of chocolate, just love it. Oh, great. What would What would you do if you had an extra hour every single day? get myself to a hot yoga class more often Mm, okay and then lastly what is something that you have bought for 100 pounds or less that brings you joy oh gosh i have so many purchases in my house that is like even under even under five pound i do a lot of boot sales so um Number one, a boot sale brings me so much joy. And number two, it's the fact you can buy something that's kind of a bit broken and fix it up and put it in your house and it becomes a masterpiece. So there, I can't even pick one. I have that many. I'm looking, I'm in a room right now and I'm looking at about five of them that I've just, oh, wow. you know, picked up for like not much at all, painted it up, put my own stamp on it. And now it's like one of my little prized possessions. Oh, I love that. And the yeah. reason I love asking people this question is because often when we listen to people talk about joy or the dream life or success, they'll say like, what's your dream, this or that. And often people think they have to think big. So like, if you were a millionaire, if you were a billionaire, but mm. actually I, I just genuinely think if someone gave you a hundred pounds cash, obviously for free, that'd be amazing. But if someone gave you a hundred pounds cash and said, 
you can spend this guilt-free on whatever you enjoy. It could be yeah, a ticket, a train ticket. It could be a book. It could be a pair of running shoes. Like what could you buy that would bring you so much joy yeah. for less than a hundred quid? So I love asking people that question. And I really yeah, like that definitely. Answer. That's cool. That's really cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us. As I said, I knew I was going to feel energized and joyful. It's definitely brought a smile to my face. So I hope that the listeners have enjoyed it as much as I have. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I was just right back at you. I've, I've really enjoyed it. So thank you. And can you tell us all once more, like, when is the book out and where can people get it? So it is out on the 15th of March officially, which is great. Um, You can order it on um, Amazon and it's, yeah, it's just a great, great book. And hopefully it will change your life um, to do with movement and make you a more happy, joyful person. So that is the aim. And I feel like it will help people. So, um, yeah go and grab it it's i'm really proud of it and you know i'm sure people will love it great you should be thank you so much (laughs) and thanks everyone for tuning in as always i appreciate it and i will be back with another episode next week see you Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 